Chapter Three Dorothy Dale, a Girl of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Dorothy Dale, a Girl of Today by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Three A Strange Adventure. Joe Dale was a credit to the family. Although only a boy in his tenth year, he possessed as much manliness as many another well in the teens. He was tall and of the dark type, while Dorothy was not quite so tall and had fair hair, so that, in spite of the difference of their ages, Joe was often considered Dorothy's big brother. Roger was just a pretty baby. So plump with such golden curls, Dorothy had pleaded not to have them cut until his next birthday, but the boys, of course, thought seven years very old for long hair. Only for a few months more, the sister had coaxed, and so the curls were kept. Dorothy always arranged them herself, telling fairy stories to conceal the time consumed in making the ringlets. Both boys were to sell papers today, for the bugle was out, and Dorothy had told her brothers of the necessity for extra efforts to help with money matters. You may go with one of the regular boys, Ralph Willoughby instructed them. He can tell you where you would be likely to get customers. Go into all the stores, of course, and look out for the mill hands at noon time. I'll sell bugles today," declared Joe, with that splendid manliness and real earnestness that makes a boy so attractive, especially to his sister. It takes a boy," Dorothy said proudly, as her brothers left the office, each with his bundle of papers, for of course Roger had to have a strapful the same as did Joe. Ralph was glancing over the paper. Evidently, he was pleased with its appearance, for his face showed satisfaction. "Is it all right?" Dorothy asked, secretly glad the getting out was finished, and that she would not have to write another parade story that day. "First rate," answered the young man, "and I think your father will be pleased. You had better go home and take him a copy. He may be anxious to see one." I'll go now," she told Ralph, "and I'll be back about noon, when the boys come in from their routes." Dorothy passed out and closed the door after her. Ralph went to the far end of the office to finish folding the papers. Scarcely had he taken one sheet in his hand than he heard something in the hall, a scream, and in Dorothy's voice. Darting past the big press and making his way to the hall door quickly, in spite of the things that barred his path, Ralph pulled open the portal. The girls were in a heap on the steps. Dorothy and Tavia. The young man bent down anxiously. The pair seemed unusually still. Fainted, he murmured, trying to lift Dorothy's head. Is he go gone? Whispered Tavia. We are not hurt. We only made believe. Oh," sighed Dorothy. 
I feel as if I were dying. I, I can't breathe. Try to get on your feet, commanded Rolf. The air will revive you. There, gasped Tavia. There's his hat. I grabbed it when he put the handkerchief with some stuff on it to my nose. And the girl held up a grey slouch hat, the kind western men usually wear. That may help us, said Ralph. But first, you must both come down to the drugstore. That stuff he used may sicken you. It has a queer smell. Once on their feet, the girls seemed all right. In fact, as Tabia said, they had only made believe to prevent any further violence. It seemed incredible that two girls should be waylaid in broad daylight in the hall of the most public building in Dalton, but the fact was certainly plain. There was the dirty white handkerchief reeking with some drug, and besides, there was the hat that Tabby had taken from the man's head. Ralph took the girls into the prescription room of the drug store to see if they needed any attention. And there, to the astonished drug clerk, as well as to the equally astonished proprietor, Tabia tried to relate what had happened. It was the same man who grabbed my papers the other day, she said. I saw him first as I came along William Street. Joe and Roger had just gone in Beck's with their papers, and as I saw the man watching them, I was afraid he might kidnap Roger. I was just thinking who would be best to call when he caught me watching him, and then, like a flash, he sprung into that saloon at the corner. I thought he was frightened lest he would be caught, and I hurried down here to warn Dorothy. Well, no sooner had I put my foot inside the hall than he darted at me. Where did he come from? asked the drugstore proprietor. Probably through the alley that leads from the saloon to the end of our building, explained Ralph. He could easily dash into the hall from there. He was after papers, declared Tabia, for just as he grabbed me, he saw Dorothy. I was going to scream when he put that queer smelling stuff to my nose. I screamed when I saw Tabia, ventured the frightened Dorothy, but he had me almost before I could open my mouth. Tavia squeezed my hand, and I knew she meant for me to be quiet. And if you had not closed your eyes, he might have given you another dose, added Tavia, who somehow seemed to know more than anyone else about the wicked ways of the mysterious stranger. But how did he manage to get away so promptly? asked one of the men, trying to get on the track for capture. Through that same alley into the saloon, Ralph said. I will go at once and have the place searched. As soon as he got the papers Dorothy had, he went off, finished Tavia, just as he did when he got my notes. Leaving the girls to quiet themselves in the drugstore, all the men, except the head clerk, started out to give the alarm. This time a thorough search should be made and even a reward offered by the town for the capture of the coward who went about trying to frighten helpless girls. There was certainly some hidden motive in his actions, as he had, each time, made an attack on someone connected with the bugle's business, 
and the men quickly concluded his intentions had to do with an attempt to stop the liquor crusade. Miles Burlock also figured in the case they decided. Although how this stranger was mixed up in matters relating to Burlock, and what connection Mrs. Douglas's death could have with such affairs, was not plain. The druggist warned Dorothy and Tavia not to tell their experience to anyone, not even to the folks at home, for, he argued, the stranger might get to hear they were after him, and so escape. Dorothy readily agreed to keep silent. In fact, it would not do for anyone in her home to know of her experience, as the Major was too ill to be worried. But Tavia did not see why her father should not be acquainted with the affair, as he always knew what to do. And why should other men be allowed to search for the man who had threatened her, when it was plainly her own father's special privilege? Well, if you feel that way about it, agreed the druggist, tell your father to come down here tonight, and perhaps he will be put on the committee. This was quite satisfactory to Tavia, and after making sure that no more strangers lurked about, the girls made their way home. I never was afraid in daylight before, remarked Dorothy, whose face was still pale from the fright. Let us hurry, there are the boys. Be sure not to say anything to them about the scare. Hooray! shouted Joe, swinging his empty strap. All sold out. Me too, said little Roger, who had his strap buckled so tightly about his fat waist that he had hard work to breathe under the pressure. Hip hip, answered Tavia, continuing. Blow bugle blow, blow bugle blow. We're very proud, you blew so loud, to let the people know. Price five cents, order now. That's the way city people put things in the papers about their goods, declared Tavia. I think when I leave school, I'll look for work in a newspaper office. Ralph said you did splendidly, said Dorothy. I'm sure I never could have gotten along without you. But we are home now, and... No paper for the major, finished Tavia. There's a boy. I'll get one, said Joe. "'running off at full speed to overtake the newsboy, "'who had just turned the corner. "'Aunt Libby may be cross,' whispered Dorothy, "'for she has been all alone, "'and this being Saturday, she would expect help. "'Mother won't say anything to me,' Tavia decided, "'for, well, I have something to tell her "'that will make her forget all about the work. "'Not about the, you know,' cautioned her companion. My no, answered the other. It's just about Mrs. Douglas's funeral. You know Ma always goes to funerals, and I have found out that people may go to the house and see her. That will interest Ma. Joe was back with the paper, and was proud to have such an active interest in the bugle. It seemed something to say it was his own father's paper, and then to have people remark what a bright sheet it was, and how it was never afraid to tell the truth. Let me give it to father, he asked Dorothy. No, let me, pleaded little Roger, 
"'Cause I ain't hardly seen him a bit lately. "'But you must not tell that we sell papers,' directed Joe. "'Father is not to know yet, you know.' "'Oh, I won't tell,' Roger promised. "'But you might forget,' argued Dorothy. "'Nup,' declared the little fellow. "'I'll just let this strap keep squeezing me. "'Then I couldn't forget.' And have father ask where you got it, said Joe, laughing. Then I'll tie a string round my finger, persisted the younger brother. I'll tell you, Dorothy concluded. You just run in, give father a good hug, put the paper on his lap, and run out again, without saying a word. Then he will think you are playing newsboy. This plan was finally decided upon. Although Roger did think he would like to stay for just a little while to hear Daddy say something about something, they found the Major anxiously expecting them. He feared something had happened. The press might break down or the paper supply give out. Many things might occur when the man who ran the business was not there to keep ends straight. To say that the Major was pleased was not half telling it. He was delighted to think that they could get out a paper like that and that his little captain should write up the parade. It really was well described. Perhaps what astonished him most was Tabby's part in the issue. He laughed when Dorothy told how jolly Tabia was. Of course, there was no mention of the encounter with the strange man. But that night Dorothy could not sleep. The excitement, perhaps. Or was it fear? Oh, if that horrid man had never come to Dalton. End of chapter 3